Good evening, friends. It's time for another Ramblings of a Sacred Ribble. Tonight, I want to talk to you about the, the text from the second week of Lent this year, which comes from the Gospel of Mark, the eighth chapter, verses 31 through 38. Then Jesus began to teach his disciples, the human one must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders, the chief priests, and illegal experts, and be killed, and then, after three days, rise from the dead. He said this plainly. But Peter took hold of Jesus and, scolding him, began to correct him. Jesus turned and looked at the disciples. Then he sternly corrected Peter, Get behind me, Satan. You're not thinking God's thoughts, but human thoughts. After calling the crowd together with his disciples, Jesus said to them, All who want to come after me must say no to themselves, take up their cross, and follow me. And all who want to save their lives will lose them. But all who lose their lives because of me and because of the good news will save them. Why would people gain the whole world but lose their lives? What will people give in exchange for their lives? Whoever is ashamed of me and my words in this unfaithful and sinful generation, the human one will be ashamed of that person when he comes in the Father's glory with the holy angels. It's an interesting reading out of the Gospel of Mark. Um, interesting to me for a number of reasons. But it says that Jesus said this plainly. Up until this point... Um, and a lot of the stuff Jesus says is in parables. He says things that don't necessarily make sense all the time. But this, he said plainly. He said, I am going to suffer many things, be rejected by the elders, the chief priests, the legal experts, be killed. And then after three days, I'm going to rise from the dead. And when he said this, Peter thought that Jesus had lost his mind. Peter took a hold of Jesus and scolded him and began to correct Jesus interesting that Peter thought he needed to correct Jesus. And this is just after, just after Peter says that Jesus is the Son of God. Okay, verses 27 through 30 are of Mark chapter 8. Jesus and his disciples went into the village near Caesarea Philippi, and on the way he asked his disciples, Who do people say that I am? And they told him, Some say John the Baptist, and others Elijah, and still others one of the prophets. And he asked them, What about you? Who do you say that I am? Peter answered, You are the Christ. Jesus ordered them not to tell anyone about him. Peter just called Jesus the Messiah, the Savior that is to come from God, the Son of God, the person who the, the Old Testament foretold of, who was going to come and make all things right. And then, not ten minutes later, he gets called Satan by Jesus. And it's interesting because this, this line here where he says, um, get behind me, Satan, right? Get behind me, Satan. That is opisomu santana. Opisomu. In the Gospel of Mark, we have Jesus calling the disciples. And um, when Jesus calls the disciples, the word that he used there is um, opisomu. Tells the disciples to get behind him. Here, G Jesus is being told by Peter that what he's saying can't be true. And Jesus looks at his disciples and tells Peter, know your place. You see, it's when we come to follow Jesus, it's about us understanding where we belong and who is the one that is leading. 
See, there's a lot of things going on here, and there's a lot of stuff that's happening here. But what does it mean for us to actually follow Jesus? What does it mean for us to take up our cross every day? What is it for us to lose our lives for the sake of the gospel, to give up everything that we have, to let God have complete control? What does that mean? What does it mean to deny yourself? How can we say we're supposed to deny ourselves? Is it about um, not having chocolate or not having coffee or not having bacon? Um, I would really be denying myself, I have to say, if I couldn't have coffee or bacon. Um, but what does it mean to deny yourself? Could it mean to let your life be ruled by God? And how then do we let our lives be ruled by God? We do only the things that God wants us to do. And is that possible? No, it's not. It's not possible to always do everything that God wants us to do. Um, number one, we're human. So we're going to do things that we want. We're going to do the things that get us the things that we want. And when we deny ourselves and we take up our cross, that means that we don't always get what we want. And because we're human, sometimes we're going to fall. Sometimes we're going to mess it up. Another way that you could look at denying yourself is the surrender of privilege. And I know a lot of people who will say, I don't have any privilege. I, I, I... You know, I grew up poor and I didn't have a lot of stuff and my family scrimped and saved for everything that we got. And and that's that may be true. And that's absolutely true of me. Um, you know, my my parents did not have a lot financially, um, but I was loved and I know I was loved. My parents dearly loved me and showed me that every day. Um, and that's what I try to do for my children. We don't have a lot, um, but we try to show our children that they're loved and that they have more than money could ever buy. But that being said, I have a lot of privilege. I have a lot of privilege because I'm white and that's not fair. And a lot of people right now are screaming about things that are happening, like that Coke is making people take a course that makes them be less white or tries to promote them to be less white. Like actually part of the course talks about them being less white. And and a friend and I talked about this a little bit today and said maybe, maybe they should have said less white with a capital W. Um, because it's not about the color of your skin, right? God created all of us. He created all of us equal in the eyes of God. Um, but in the eyes of all of us, are we really equal? I have a lot of um, friends who are BIPOC. Um, I have a lot of siblings who are um, of a different tone of skin than I am. And I know a lot of them have struggled um, 
and still struggle and they worry and they worry for their children and they worry about how um, their children are going to be accepted in the world and they worry about how every time that their children leave the house and and I worry too but I don't worry about my daughters when they leave the house about them being pulled over by a cop for no reason don't worry about them being asked um, by authorities to um, do something that they shouldn't be doing I don't worry about the fact that they're going to be um, targeted because they're not going to be. And that, my friends, is privilege. And maybe a way that we deny ourselves is to surrender our privilege, to give up the fact that, you know, I don't owe anybody anything. My ancestors never did anybody wrong. My ancestors weren't slave owners. My ancestors never did anything wrong, and I don't owe anybody anything. Um, you know, I have no clue if my ancestors were slave owners. I don't believe they were. But that being said, I still grew up in an era where privilege was something that I had because of the color of my skin. Um, it's shown over and over again um, how... Um, there's more people who are, are dying from COVID who are, are black than are white. There's, it's a harder for people who are um, black to get a, a COVID vaccination than it is for a white person to get a COVID vaccination. Um, and to say that you have nothing to do with this is just not true. You have privilege, whether in you know it or not, whether in your life was easy or not. If you're white, you have privilege. And one way that we surrender to the cross and we follow after Jesus is to lay that privilege down and to stand up for our brothers and sisters who need us to stand in their place, who need us to, to speak on their behalf, who need us to be there for them. Right? It's not about what we want. Peter heard what Jesus said plainly and said, that's not going to happen. I'm not going to let it happen. And Jesus said, know your place. You see, it's about us knowing our place. It's about us falling in line and doing what Jesus called us to do. It's about loving our neighbors as ourselves and standing up for those who need us to stand up for them. Right? It's about who we are. And whose we are makes us wonder what God is calling us to. God requires you to do justice, to love mercy, to walk humbly with God. I'd like to read a quote from Dietrich Bonhoeffer. There remains an experience of incomparable value. We have for once learnt to see the great events of world history from below, from the perspective of the outcast, the suspect, the mistreated, the powerless, the oppressed, the reviled. In short, from the perspective of those who suffer. You see, if we can lay down our privilege we can lay down those things that we have ridden upon and used maybe not even to our own understanding that we use them 
but has gotten us to a place where we are. We can just see the other and follow after what Christ has called us to do. To stand in the gap, to be the voice of the outcast, to help those who can't help themselves. Wonder if we could do that, my friends. Wonder if we could just be the voice of the voiceless. Help them to just get the same things that we have. I think, I know if we could do that, this world would be a much better place. So as we continue these days of Lent ahead and we, we strive on towards Easter, remember whose you are and what God has done for you. And then fall in line behind Jesus and go with him to the cross and lay down all of your privilege and all of the things that you carry with you and share his love with the world. So go, love people, love God.